the Beardly Hockey Podcast, Buckheads. Once again, you're joined by your three favorite Beardly sports employees, if I can use that term loosely. You guys getting paid? Because I'm not. I'm your boy, Phil Razor, joined by Nate McBride and Aaron Kinney. Boys, how the fuck are we tonight? Spectacular now that we're in the regular season. We are in the thick of it, boys. It's only been one week, and I am flying high on adrenaline. And let me just say... The uh, sports books have been very good to me so far. Aaron's real and he's spectacular. I love it. Nate, how are we doing tonight? That makes one of us on the fucking sports books. I'm getting effed in the A every single fucking night. I swear to God. Um, you know, just thank God that hockey is here and that we have sports and that I can bet because that's the only thing that keeps me going. It's yeah. the only thing that keeps you going, Nate. <laughs> took you, took you, took you, took I got you. so tired of losing money on football. For these last two months, and I've finally broke back to even with these hockey bets over the weekend. It's broke back. Broke back. Nice. Respect. Are you Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh, you know, I never saw that movie, so I, I don't know who the other guy is. I can, see, fountain. I can see you lying through your teeth. Aaron, what are you drinking tonight, buddy? It is the hashtag year of the beer, YOTB. Boys, what are we drinking? Aaron, start with you. All right, so I am going with my dad's favorite here, Bud Diesel, a classic, mm. the king of beers. Yeah, you crack that top. Mm. Call that a dad. Call that a dad heavy. Hell mm. yeah. Nate, what are we sipping on over there? I'm going with a little uh, specialty tonight. Going with a Brewdog Festbia. Little oh, uh, Festbia. Little homage to Oktoberfest. Little Festbia, Bavarian Hells. I love it. I love it. I'm drinking, uh, you know, Canada's favorite, Labatt Blue tonight, boys. Ooh, I love it. Ooh, hey, listen to what they got written here on this can. I like this. United we stand for better beer, fiercely defiant and independent. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that's that's some quality stuff right there. If that beer doesn't give you a patriotic erection, nothing will. I've got a chub. I don't know about y'all. Full chub right now. Boys, let's hop into it, shall we? Let's start off with maybe the surprise of the year so far. Let us know if we're wrong at Beerly Hockey on Twitter. Call us idiots. Call us dumbasses. I'm Postgrad Phil on Twitter. He's Stack I Nate. Aaron underscore Kenny 19. Aaron underscore Kenny 9. 9. Okay, close. Fuck me running. All right, boys. <laughs> the Philadelphia Flyers, the John Tortorella Philadelphia Flyers, have started off this season hot. 3 0. They just took down the Lightning last night. We record on Wednesday, so if you hear anything that might sound a little outdated, fuck you. Um, but, you know, we record on Wednesday nights. And the Philadelphia Flyers are one of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. It is great to see Kevin Hayes back out on the ice, out there producing. He had 38 points last year. It's good to see Kevin Hayes back out there doing his thing. Nate, would you agree? Oh, dude, love seeing Hazy play. It gives me, gives me fucking juiced up. I mean, this Flyers team really is just – humming i it it defies all logic and everybody's predictions for what this team was going to be um i mean i I think they're going to come back to earth i don't think this is going to be sustained but it's nice to see them kind of start off as a little bit of a wagon to start off the year yeah they made it through that towards training camp and if they were able to do that they're already two steps ahead of the rest of the teams here i mean all these games they've played there's not really been anything pretty but they are just on people all the time. Like they're not giving up a lot of space. Carter Hart looks like he did in his rookie year. He is tearing it up in net. Uh, John Tortorella always somehow gets his goalies 
to click for him, um, whether that's just defensive systems or if the goalie is just terrified he's going to get his head chopped off if he lets in some bad pucks. But, I mean, it, this team has really surprised me out of the gate, and I have been winning some money on them, let me say. Good. They're like plus 280 underdogs in every game. Yeah, I mean, they they were terrible last year. So, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a nice surprise for the – the Philly fans, I mean, they got the Eagles riding high right now. The Phillies, you know, balling out right now could be in the World Series. Man, it's a hell of a time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. Dude, that city might get burned to the ground. Oh, I think if if all three won in a calendar year, I don't know if – I mean, they might secede from the Union by burning it to the ground. There's there's just going to be a crater where that city used to be. The, cit- the city of no longer brotherly love. The, yeah, the city of Area 51. It's not going to exist. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be like Chernobyl. You're not gonna be able to go there, or grow anything for years to come. <laughs> oh my God, no, it's so true. Um, yeah, rumor is if you get out of uh, torch training camp, you get a medal. I don't know if that's true, but uh, hot rumors, guys. Hot rumors. Starting rumors. Hot, hot rumors. Love hot it. Hot rumors. But yeah, um, let's uh, parlay what we were talking about there. And you know, the Flyers have beaten two. Not, I mean, the Devils have started like shit. They beat them. And then they beat Vancouver, who we'll get to them in a little bit, too. But they've been setting uh, dubious records to kick the year off. Um, But they did beat the Lightning, who have struggled this year. But they're a great team. We all know that. They'll bounce back. Um, But let's go into that. The Tampa Bay Lightning guys, they're sitting dead last in the Atlantic right now. Suck at barely football. But uh, (laughs) what the hell is the problem with the Lightning right now, Aaron? Dude, they just look slow, man. That's all I can say. They've got one win, and it was against the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have not looked good to start the season. Mm-hmm. They, it, that first game against the Rangers, I mean, they were just a step behind on every single play. Uh, and I was like, oh, you know, the Lightning are still good. The Rangers are just a freaking wagon. They play with so much speed. It's hard to get any air to breathe there. Then they go out, and they're, they're just not looking good against anybody, man. It, I don't know if they're – they're feeling the loss of Ryan McDonough a little bit. They're feeling the loss of Andre Pallott. These young guys maybe have to step up a little bit to get into these bigger roles they're filling. I don't know if they've just got some fatigue from going to three straight cup finals and they're going to figure it out throughout the that's year. What I was, that's what I was going to say. Are they? Is it finally catching up to them? Yeah. I mean, it, playing hockey into June, three years – well, the bubble one, man, it was into what, August? September they won their maybe? first cup? Yeah. It was, it was fucking late. Yeah, I mean, they, they have been playing hockey more than any other team these past three years and heavy, heavy games in the playoffs and just I, – I don't know if they're just out of gas a little bit and going to come back or if they're, they're starting to see some chips in the armor here of this wagon that they've been for so long. Yeah, I mean, they, they're going to need the vets to step up and kind of lead them, you know, guys like Braden Point, uh, you know, Sergachev, Victor Hedman. You know, you know what you're getting out of Vassy. I don't know if Vassy's the leggy one or not, but you know they're going to need guys like Kucherov to help them lead out of this problem. Nate, what do you what do you see for the Tampa Bay Lightning so far? I mean, there's a there's a healthy amount of goals allowed. They're not the worst in the league, but they are the worst in their division. Or actually, no, they're, sorry, they're the second worst in their division. Um, shockingly enough. The team with the most goal goals allowed in that Atlantic division, Boston, is in first. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I was going to bring Boston up next too, because nobody had any expectations for them going into the you know going into the year to start off. Especially you know they're without McAvoy, they're without Marshawn, they're without Grizzlick. 
and they're right there. I mean, they lost a tough one last night, but holy shit, Boston has kind of come out in a way that I don't think many people expected. Would you guys agree? Dude, I am blown away by David Krejci. I was questioning his ability to play at the NHL speed back when we were doing our Atlantic Division previews. He looks better than he was before he left. He is ripping it up with David Pasternak right now. He's got four games played, two goals, three assists. He's got five points. He's like, he looks like a younger man, man. He's just out there being dynamic and he is helping to lead this team by example. Bergeron's still doing his thing. The defense is stepping up until uh, Charlie McAvoy gets back. They're still allowing quite a few goals, but they're, they're playing so aggressively and pumping them in the net, man. I mean, they're, they're scoring their way out of trouble here in this early part of the season. And this is obviously overreaction season. I mean, we've got one week of hockey under our belts. But uh, so far, man, they are looking way better than I expected them to. Oh, dude, the episode of this, the, the, the title of this episode has to be the way too early reactions episode because that's oh, what yeah. it is. I mean, we're, we are, we're making commentary on teams that have played at most four games this season. So our sample yeah. size is very small. Um, you know, like, you know, I look at Tampa. This is a team that's only played one game in front of their home fans. Um, you know, Boston, they've, you know, they, they're two and zero at home. They're one and one on the road. So this is a team, you know, these are teams that haven't played that many games. Um, you know, it's nice to see, as I, as I thought, you know, nice to see, uh, Detroit up there with two early wins, Buffalo also with two early wins in those three games. Um, so it's, I'd like, I want to see this shake out a little bit more. Uh, but I'm, always down to make some way too early reactions. Yeah, I mean, you are the hot take guy. Fuck yeah. Um, I'll tell you one thing, and I think we all have to, and I may be jumping ahead of where we wanted to get, but fuck it, I don't care. Um, I'll be honest. I think we were all guilty of this because I, when we looked at the Central Division and I looked at Minnesota, I said, I, I wanted to say there's nothing there that impresses me. I didn't want to give them as high as we did. And I, I mean, I gave them just as high as you guys did or even higher. But holy shit, dude. The, wheel on the, the wheels on the wagon got left at the fucking station, dude. They've given up 20 goals in three games. They dude. look like a shell of themselves. And I think a perfect microcosm of their season is that iconic photo of Revo beating the piss out of Marcus Foligno. Have you guys seen that iconic yeah. photo? Oh, yeah. Up against the glass. Yeah, dude. That is Perfect a first shot. Of all, first of all, that might win. If the, I mean, I don't know what you like the, you know, the photographer awards are called. Can you win a Pulitzer Prize? I think that's what it is. That photo could win a Pulitzer Prize or whatever it's called for, for great photographs. Just Put that in National the- Geographic and hang in the Louvre, man. That's a phenomenal photo. That, that, that encapsulates what the Minnesota Wild have looked like. Marc-Andre Fleury, yeah, this isn't the Marc-Andre Fleury of old, but I didn't think it'd be this bad, and it is that bad right now in Minnesota. Dude, he has got a 776 save percentage, 8.73 goals against average, and he is negative 6.2 in goals saved above average through two starts. This guy has allowed six more goals than the average goalie would on the shots he's faced through two starts. Yeah, The team is, I mean, their actual numbers aren't terrible, but 
I mean, the their expected goals against are seven, and the actual goals against are twenty. So like, it's not the defense, man. It's the goalies. Yeah. Philip Gustafson got a couple starts now too. He's got an eight sixty save percentage and a five goal against average. I mean, it, if you're those skaters going out there every night, if you're Marcus Foligno, putting your body on the line, getting your face pounded by Revo, and then you're just seeing muffins float in from the point. I, I forget who it was that scored on Flurry the other night. It it was like complete wide open look from the blue line. I could have stopped this thing in my sleep. Nobody in front of the net, no traffic, just a freaking beach ball going by him into the bottom of the net. It, like I, I think he'll get it together. He's he's a veteran. He's been through ups and downs, but it is not looking hot right now. I'll tell you what is looking hot is those fucking Dallas Stars and Peter DeBoer down there. Holy yeah. cow! Off to a good. hot three and start. I mean, 13 goals for, three against, plus 10 differential. That's a nice way to start out the season. It sure Tore is. Four up Nashville in that home and home series, too. I mean, they, yeah, they, they dominated them. And yeah, I don't know if you guys saw that goal by Mason Marchman, that nice new addition they had. We were kind of questioning where the depth scoring was going to come from beyond that top line. This guy just absolutely walks Roman Yossi, the leading points – the points leader in defenseman last year, he didn't win the Norris, but he was a finalist. And normally he's not even known for his points. It's for his defensive game. It gets absolutely undressed by Marshman, goes in, snipes it. it. Dallas is clicking on all cylinders right now. It's- I was going to, I was going to say that too. And Nate, I love the, I love the transition. That's a great segue, my friend. Um, thank you. Thank I, you. Probably. I was going to say, yeah, at, you know, the opposite of Minnesota right now and going down to, you know, to Dallas, one Jake Ottinger tied, you know, one goal, one goal per game allowed. So he's crushing it right now. He's worth every bit of that extension. Um, and I was going to bring up too Mason Marchment, man. He has been a remarkable godsend for the Dallas Stars. Um, one of the most boring teams to watch last season. This team has the potential to make a deep run in playoffs if they play like this. And once again, you know, to reiterate on the overreaction part, because it's been a week. That being said, though, if you're a fan of the Dallas Stars, I'd be pretty excited right now. For oh, sure. Yeah. How could you not be? I mean, this it, I don't think anybody expected them to go three, you know, start out undefeated. Three, it's only three and oh, but still, that's a good, that's a great start. And uh, you know, love to see them continue. And um, I mean, just kind of making our way down that central division. Phil, I mean, I don't know what if I hope you wanted to talk about Nashville because they yeah. you know, they're up there with the most game, you know, them in L.A. most games played. And, hey, sitting there with five points in five games. Yeah, I mean, Nashville's an interesting one for me, too, because we we're all high on them. I mean, they, I definitely could see them finishing in the, in, you know, the top three of the central when it's all said and done. But there are question marks there. There are definitely some question marks in Nashville. Um, one of the big things for me is, you know, th- they've been getting into these tough slugfests, right? And when I pull up, you know, their season statistics, you know, I mean, yeah, they're sitting in second, but everybody else, you know, I mean, fuck, the Blues have played one game, right? They beat the Blue Jackets. That's the only game they've played. So the Preds, I mean, the Blues already have four games in hand on the Preds, and they're three points back, for reference. The Preds have given up 16 goals. They're giving up like three a night. Right. It's not bad. The thing is, they've scored 12. So they're averaging 2.4 a night. And I give a lot of credit to Jake Ottinger. You know, Jake, is it Ottinger, Ottinger? How the fuck you say it? I 
we'll get. I say right. Ottinger. I, we can go back and forth. I, That's fine. I'll reach out to him for comment on the proper pronunciation of his we'd name. Love, Jake, we'd love, Jake, we'd love to have you on. Jake O. Jake O. and the boys. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think once Nashville gets their feet under them, they'll be fine. But there's no question marks there right now. You know, I'm going to need to see more production from the bottom six forwards from them. Um, you know, 2.4 goals a game in this NHL, not not going to get it done. No. So, you know, this is modern NHL, man. You got to score at least three a night to give yourself a fair chance to, to feel safe. So it, it was a great transition. But I want to go over to another team in the Central right now. The Colorado Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Gabriel Landeskog's now out 12 weeks. He's out for three months. You know, he's on the shelf. They're two and one. They haven't looked impressive in their wins. But are, is anybody really worried about Colorado or, you know, did, did they lose too much? Or do you think Colorado's be one of those teams that they may not be as dominant like last year when they had 119 points, but they're going to be right there when the season ends. You know, we're going into playoffs. They're going to be right there, right? One other thing on Nashville real quick. Let's not forget four of those points came from freebie wins over San Jose in uh, where was it? overseas, Switzerland, Finland, one of those. But I was going to let you go off on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I, I don't know if I'd even really count those for Nashville. You know, it's so I, let's see how they do uh, kind of through the next little stretch here. I mean, they, they got some kind of mid-range teams coming up. I, I'm not really sold on them until they get the majority of their points from teams with a pulse. But sure. back to your point about Colorado, I'm not really concerned considering this happened last year, too. They, they got off to a little bit of a slow start last year found their pace uh, like a month or two into the season and just ripped it up from there. So I think they'll, they'll get it together. Um, New hook's going to have to grow a little bit into that second line center role. Still yep. McKinnon, McCarr, uh, those guys still look great. Gabe Landeskog's still out. So I, I'll give them a little bit of time to get together. I, I haven't lost any faith in them yet. I mean, Natty Max, Natty Max has, you know, probably about, he's sitting there with seven points this year on the season. So, you know, he's still, you still got him producing at a clip. Uh, Miko Ratman's right there with six points. So, uh, and and Nishkinen's there with six points as well in the season. So they've got three guys inside the top ten, you know, in points scores so far. Yeah. And one of those yeah. losses was against Calgary in their home opener, Nazem Kadri revenge game. They looked like they were down and out of it. Calgary was up like four one five one, and. Colorado started storming back there in the third period, man. I mean, if they would have had another five, 10 minutes, I, they could have tied that game. Nathan McKinnon scored a beauty off the rush that I don't count this team out at all. I, I think they're going to be good. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's funny you brought up point leaders because guys, we haven't even talked about them yet. Probably one of the biggest listener bases we have on this podcast and one of the biggest, you know, cities in America. How good are the fucking New York Rangers? The rags look unbelievable. Our Timmy Panarin, number one in the league with 10 points. Mika's advantage had number two in the league with eight points so far this year. So Sturkin really hasn't had to be anything. Defensively, they've looked sus at times, but who cares? They're putting up five, six goals a night. You can give up four if your offense can score that many and you dominate the power play. Um, guys, I, let's just, you know, we can talk about their game so far, but I'd rather go big picture here with the Rangers. What is this Rangers team ceiling? Go, I mean, not even just this year, for the next three years. What is this team yeah. ceiling? Because they look unbelievable right now. They are so young and so good. Vincent Trocheck comes in, huge upgrade over Ryan Strom. Keandre Miller is still continuing to progress. This team does not give you a fucking inch to breathe on the ice. It they'll 
it, I don't care if you get the puck back and have nobody around you in your own zone. You're trying to break out instantly. You got three guys in your face. They skate with such relentless tenacity. They hound the puck in the offensive zone. They it, it's like blind chemistry, man. How many tic-tac-toe passes have they had? How how high is that power play clicking right now? I mean, it, it every time they're on the power play, it's like three passes across the middle before anybody even knows what's going on on the other team. They are an absolute powerhouse right now, and I think they're going to be for the foreseeable future because this core is locked up for a little bit, and they are young, and they are looking to make some noise. I, I could see them winning the Cup easily this year. I, I'm just saying it right now. They got one of the two best goalies in the world, maybe the best. I don't know if he's unseated Vassy yet, but they are just a force to be reckoned with. Absolutely, man. Uh, Nate, how are you feeling about the rags? Um, well, and, you know, you, you talked about their defense there. I mean, Adam Fox is also tied for the most points as for, with defensemen at five. Um, so, you know, they are they are looking like a wagon. Uh, they are shocking the hell out of me. And I think just about the entire NHL world. It's amazing that they're still not even in first place in the Metro, though, because You've still got Philly and Carolina right there, also with three wins. Um, they do have a game in hand on those two, or those two do have a game in hand, but, or I'm sorry, the Rangers have a game in hand, but still. Yeah, no, what's, what's crazy too, I'm looking at the stats right now. The Rangers are converting on 33% of their power play so far. Funny, funny random stat. The teams that are better than them, Edmonton, 36.4%. Minnesota's 42.9 and Colorado's 50. The Arizona Coyotes are at 38.5. That's three out of eight so far this year. So, random little fun fact for the Yokes fans, because I don't know how much we're going to talk about your team this year. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, the rags are right there, man. They convert one-third of their power plays. If you can sustain any semblance of that over an 82-game season, you're looking at the Stanley Cup. You're staring it right down its fucking face. Speaking of the Arizona Coyotes, by the way, Big win for them in Toronto. Oh, my God, man. The, I, I looked up a stat. The Arizona Coyotes have not gone to Toronto without picking up a point since 2002. They fucking own the Leafs in Toronto, man. I, I don't understand That's it. I, the Leafs kind of have a habit of playing down to bad teams. But, I mean, that that's just unreal. What kind of – who would have thought? Who would have thought? It's funny. It's definitely funny, too. And, like, you got the Toronto media all hyped up. They're all pissed off, you know. How you know? I understand, you know, early in the season, blah, 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 Austin Matthews coming off a 60-goal season. And, you know, here, here you are losing at home to the Coyotes, who may or may not have a home in three years. So, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely funny. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much touched on most of the Central there. We've been talking about the Rangers for a minute, but – did can we can I can I bring this up real quick? Can I say this? Um, four games, four games in the Seattle Kraken are in fourth place in the Pacific. I have them finishing third. It, that 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 picks looking good, baby. That's all I'm gonna say. Picks looking great. Four games in. You're a lunatic. You know that you're a lunatic. Fucking psycho. They have a yeah. lot of they have. I, the forwards for the Kraken are good, but their their blue line and their goal goaltending is going to be their downfall. But you know, it's it's still very early, and I want to talk about some positive things. We've done a lot of shitting 
on franchises so far. I want to go back to the positive side of life. And speaking of the positive side of life, in the Metro, yes, we've talked about the Flyers. We've talked about the Rangers. I want to talk about the Carolina Hurricanes, guys. They've only scored 11 goals in their, in their three games, and they've only given up three. You know, that, Rob Brindamore has his team playing the perfect brand of hockey for what suits them, and they look like an absolute wagon right now. Nate, would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, it's I, I think we all kind of knew this is what they would look like. They would play their brand. It's gritty. It's not high scoring, but they don't give up a lot either. So that's that's the Carolina Hurricanes, and they're going to be good, and they're going to be right back where they were last year in, look, in the playoff. Look at their, their penalty kill is clicking at 91.67% right now. <laughs> they're not allowing anything to teams on the power play. Brent Burns, I thought he was going to be good there, man. He has been a freaking monster. He is controlling play everywhere he goes on the ice. And he is just looking amazing in that system. I, I love watching what he's doing right now. He's got only one assist, but he's averaging 22 minutes a night, taking some tough matchups, and just anytime he's on the ice, there's not anything happening for other teams. And more times than not, they're in the opposing zone, ripping shots. It's, it's wild, too. If you include playoff games, Brent Burns has played damn near – 1350 NHL games and he looks like he looks like a spring chicken out there man it's it's wild that dude, dude there's a there's a lot of miles on that car in fact his debut in the NHL was pre lockout he played 36 games for the 0304 wild dude he's Think, averaging four shots a game right now i mean yeah he it, you know him and like Jacob Slavin back there just ripping pucks like it's it's banana lands what I mean, what Carolina looks like right now, but I, yeah, man, Brent Burns has been great for them. That team's just built to win, and they are, yeah, and, and they're and they're all bought into it. So, you know, they're really fun to watch. Um, I wanted to go back to the Toronto point, dude. Poor Matt Murray, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's that's a sad story, there, boys. Yeah, it really is. Out with an injury after one game, not even injured in a game in pregame warmups. Uh, the one thing that the Leafs can look at for a silver lining here, putting him on long-term injured reserve, they do free up a little bit of cap space. They can recall Wayne Simmons and uh, Jason Robertson, or not Jason Robertson, uh, his brother Nick Robertson from the AHL. They get Wayne those guys Simmons, back wait, up there. Wait, 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 wait. Wayne Simmons got sent down to start the year, and I, I missed that? Yeah, dude. It, it was just – it was a cap oh. move pretty much. They, uh, they had other guys the make the team out of camp. No, no, they uh I think they had a press release or something. Let me see if I can find it. Basically, they were saying like any other team that's looking to pick this guy up, like, come on, cut him a break. He wants to be here. Uh treat him with respect. Just we're gonna get him back. We just gotta make some cat maneuvers here. And then what do you know? Matt Murray gets hurt and they pull him back up. That that's brutal. Wayne is a great locker room guy from everything I've read and heard, but that's okay. Just, yeah, I mean I I feel bad for Matt Murray, man. He can't catch a break right now. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be running with Ilya Samsonov right now. And he he hasn't looked terrible. Uh, I'm interested to see how he does in this stretch without uh, Murray. Because they started Eric Shogren against the Coyotes. We all saw how that went. 
he was not solid, was not looking good. And it's it's Sam Sonoff's net for a little while. So they're going to see what they have in him. And hopefully it's enough to keep this team afloat until Murray comes back. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of uh, suspect goaltending, let's go to the New Jersey Devils, boys. Oof. Woof. Dude, this team leads the league in uh, controlling play and like the, the deserve to win a meter, if you will. Mm-hmm. And they are just getting pummeled. We thought the Minnesota Wilds goaltending was bad. Holy Christ, New Jersey. It's the same story from last year. It's it's just uh, Devils fans have got to be ripping their hair. They've got fire Lindy Ruff chants going on during the middle of their games. It feels so bad for that guy. He he can't control what the goalie does. He's got the team playing well, you know? It's like, come it's on. Funny. Aaron, it's funny you brought that up because I was going to ask Nate. Nate, how long of a leash does Lindy Ruff have in New Jersey? Oh, that, that ass is warm, baby. That leash ain't long. That ass is warm. I mean, he he's pack he he better have to start packing those bags because it ain't gonna be long they're one and two through three games boys let's just hypothetically say they're like two seven and one through ten does he even survive ten games they're gonna have to do something there i mean this this fan base has expectations especially barry trots available you know yeah, I I think Barry Trotz gets to pick where he goes though, and I don't know if New Jersey's where it's at. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of young talent in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. I, well, and I could see him maybe having a little bit of a vengeful bone in his body there, being like, you know what, I'm going right back into the same division that fired me. Sorry, Lou, suck my dick. I am gonna beat you every time I play against you. How many people uh, have told Lou Amarillo to suck their dick in, in his life? A billion. Dude, uh, not to his face, that's for sure, but definitely oh. behind some closed doors. For sure. Nate, I also wanted to ask you, too, when you look at this New Jersey Devils team, outside of the goaltending, what do you think their biggest issue is? Is the fact that they have a young captain? Do, do, do you think it's hard for him to control the locker room, or do you think they're all bought in? No, I, I mean... Yeah, I think it's it's got to be tough for that guy to lead a locker room. He's young. I mean, does that guy even have peach fuzz on his fucking nuts? Is what half these guys have to be thinking. I mean, like these guys, these guys probably have kids that are close to their close to his age. So I mean, yeah, Nico's Nico's twenty three, number one overall pick, great player, but he looks sixteen which is hilarious to me. There's no way that he commands the respect of a locker room, of a locker room with veterans in it. Um, there's no way that he's even the loudest voice in the room. So, Dude, I, I've i got to be honest. I think the rest of the team is great. I'm looking at these numbers here. They've got a 70% scoring chance for percentage. They've got 71 scoring chances for 30 against. On those 30 scoring chances against, they have been scored on, let's see here, 12 times. Their shooting percentage is 4.8%, but they're generating scoring chances out the ass. They've got a Corsi percentage of 65%. They're controlling play in every game. They're just getting tanked by these goalies. I mean, it's every single number on here is in the green except for the save percentage.
Yeah, it's uh, it's terrible, dude. They, I mean, when you have Mackenzie Blackwood in your goalie room, that's not really one of, and that's the only name that I really recognize. That's not a good thing. Yeah, it's, it, and this guy had some promise too. I mean, he he was on the short list for Team Canada a couple of years ago, back before you know everything got screwed up at the Olympics, and and the way he's fallen from grace, man, it's just he's tanking this team. Because uh, they're every single other number is in their favor. How bad or how angry are you if you're these players out? It's like if you're in football and the defense is going out, allowing like ten points a game, and you can't get a win because you can't fucking score. You know, oh, you, mean, you mean he's the Russell Wilson of the NHL right now? Exactly, he is. That's that's a yeah. perfect analogy. I, yeah, and my mind is blown looking at that because every number they have on here is close to leading the league except for their save percentage. It's insane. I had a so to take a little break from talking about teams for a minute. I wanted to go into speculation hour. Give you know my oh, yeah. my, my my witching hour voice, if you will, for you red zone fans out there. Um, I saw a rumor this week, and I wanted to get the rumor's opinion. Nate, we'll start with you, but everybody's been saying, "Man, Patty Kane to the Rags." I'm seeing Patty Kane to the Penguins, and I saw some of that too. Bonkers, Nate. How would you feel about Patrick Kane going to the Pittsburgh Penguins? Um, well, I'll just sum that up with one long drawn out word. Fuck. <laughs> How apropos. Yeah, I uh I was reading into it and it, it makes sense, you know, uh, from a Penguin standpoint, it makes sense to bring a guy like it makes, it makes sense for most teams to bring him in. But it makes a lot of sense in Pittsburgh. Yeah, as Blue Jackets fans, we would not like that. That being said, I think Pittsburgh would be the team to pull it because they're staring down the barrel of, you know, age and cap hell. They're getting old, man. They're getting up there. Their best players are getting up there. Bringing a guy that's been there, done that three times to a team that's been there, done it twice. That's a recipe for a team that can win a cup, you know? And I think Patrick Kane and Pittsburgh make a lot of sense. And if it happens, I think it happens before Christmas. On the ice, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. On the cap sheet, though, man. No. The Pittsburgh Penguins have a whopping $86,000 of cap space. Yeah. And Patrick Kane's making $10 million per year. Mm-hmm. So the most Chicago can eat in a trade is half of his cap. So they can wipe five million off of there. They're gonna have to find another team to eat another half and move some pieces out to make this happen. And all that's gonna cost assets, those of which the Penguins do not have many of. Uh, they don't really have a stock farm system. They don't have a lot of draft picks coming up. It's gonna cost them heavily to move some shit around to get him in there. So here are the based on what uh, Patty Kane, based on what Patty Kane's contract is, if you know Chicago weren't going to eat anything or if it were going to eat even a little bit here are the teams that are eligible to get him the buffalo sabers the arizona coyotes the anaheim ducks and possibly with a little help the detroit red wings which is one of the teams that i was thinking could be a nice fit i i mean he may not like it that much but that could be a team that could really benefit from him coming in. I mean, if they're a team that wants to go all in this year, 
that could be a nice addition. I, I do like that prediction there, Nate. I mean, that's that does make a lot of sense. And they, they're off to a decent start, too. I Yeah, the Rangers really don't have a whole hell of a lot more cap space either. No. Sitting here at like the over. Sabres, the Sabres have 19. The Coyotes have probably just under 17. The Ducks have 14 and a half. The Red Wings have six. Like, and that's why I said with with help, they could get it. And then, yeah. and then it's and, and anywhere you go, Chicago is going to eat salary. I'm sure because they're they're going to get a big oh, yeah. return. They're going to be they got plenty of cap space. They can they can eat five million no problem. They now but, and now with even can, more help with even more help, a team that could potentially a team that could potentially get them, depending on how you know a little bit of their season goes, is Winnipeg. But they'd need even more help than De- than Detroit because they've got they've only got four million in cap space. You, you think Pat Kane wants to go play in the dark Fuck with no. no Wi-Fi? Fuck no! Fuck no! That no. motherfucker is nixing that trade right out of the game. Guys, the Penguins can get Patty Kane for Ricard Raquel straight up, and it covers the cap. So just just saying, they can make it happen. Oh yeah, I mean anybody. Yeah, they all could, but. Whatever. Yeah, that's what I didn't know Ricard Raquel was making that much. Talk about overpaid. He's he's making five million. That would cover all of it if if the Blackhawks take half. So, just wanted to throw that out there. But let's let's hop back in to some. Hey, I want to. I'll tell you what. I want to. I want to go back to uh, talking about maybe some coaches whose ass could be hot, and uh, I think it's about time we talk about our homeboys, those Blue Jackets. Let's do it. Uh, starting four games in, one and three, finally got their first win last night in overtime against Vancouver. Um, thank God Vancouver's a team that's now blown three straight multi-goal leads in a row. Or four Isn't straight. it four? I yeah, it's sorry. Four. Yeah, with, with, Columbus's, with Columbus's win last night, that makes four straight. Hey, uh, they set an NHL terrible. record, guys. All right? They set an NHL yeah. record. Yeah. Three of those, three of those losses, they were up, you know, two zero or three zero. So, um, they also have the second worst goal differential this year at minus eight. They have nine goals scored and seventeen allowed. What the fuck? Yeah, this this young defense is getting real exposed. We're talking about uh, the Blue Jets, by the way, for the listeners. We're not talking about yeah, the Canucks. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that dumpster later. Um. The, the Jackets, man. So before the season, Brad Larson gave some quotes in an interview. He's talking about rehauling his uh, defensive system. He wants to tighten the boys up a little bit. It's looking worse than last year already. I mean, losing your starting goalie to illness on opening night isn't really ideal. But, you know, you can battle through that. The, the defense looks like a drunken circus, man. It, nobody knows where the hell they are in their own end. They're just allowing teams to walk right in and have at their goalies. They do not know what the fuck is going on. And I think that uh, a big contributing factor to that has been the use of Adam Boquist on the top uh, defensive pairing with Zach Wierenski. You get two offensive-minded guys. Neither Wierenski's a good two-way player, but Boquist has always been kind of a liability in his own end. And for that, he sat last night. And what do you know? Nick Blakenberg comes in, shot of juice. That, that guy is a jitterbug out there, man. He goes after everybody. He plays a super solid two-way game. 
he was all over the ice last night in his first game of the season, replacing Boquist. And the team already looked better and more energized. They, they went down to nothing, but they came back with some heat. And I, I am interested to see what's going to happen. It, he's going to stick in the lineup. I'm sure uh, another weak point on that defense though, has been Jake Bean. I mean, he just looks fucking disinterested, man. He's, he's letting people walk around him. He's not back checking hard at all. He, he looks like he's just out there for a freaking Sunday cruise when he's on the ice. I, I, he's the next guy that needs to sit. Cause there are a lot of budding young defensemen pushing for a roster spot on this team. Bring up, your, bring up your chicken send down Bean. Just do it now. Dude, bring in anyone other than Jake Bean. He should have been traded in the offseason to clear cap space instead of Bjorkstrand. I mean, it. I don't understand why this front office is so infatuated with this man that they paid him $2.3 million a year. They gave up draft picks to acquire him. They're penciling him into the lineup when he clearly doesn't deserve to be there. I mean, I'm sorry, Jake Bean, if you're listening. I'm sure you're a great guy, but you are not very good at defense on this team. It's fair. That's entirely fair. It's a good take. I think Brad Larson absolutely is on the hot seat right now. Um, I wouldn't say it's as hot as Lindy Ruff, but I definitely think it's hot. And, you know, the power play has been shit. They've given up a shorthanded goal and haven't scored a power play goal yet. Um, Johnny Goudreau started to come into his own. They've lost Patty Line for a while now. I mean, he, he knows what he's – He's a big part of that offense, man. And he's a weapon on that power play, too. It, having him go out in the first game with that elbow injury was tough, especially since the uh, projection for him to come back, it's right after the, t- the the games in Finland against Colorado where he would be playing in his hometown. So he's been skating the last couple of days. He's busting his ass to try and get back because he wants to play in his home country and his hometown. But I think he will. I think he will. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think he's going to do whatever he can to get back on the ice for that. But it, this team, if they can just tread water until he gets back, that'll be a big shot in the arm and give them some – if they can figure out the defensive issues a little bit, win some, you know, 3-2, 2-1 games, and then he comes back, you get some juice, you can, you can start pumping some goals in after that. Nate, are you hitting the panic button if you're the Columbus Blue Jackets right now? Um, I'll tell you what, my hand's hovering right over top of that. I want to get – a little bit more sample size. Um, I mean, I, I realize the impact of the loss of Patrick Line, but Patrick Line doesn't play defense. Um, and I feel like these young defenders are sometimes leaving El- or, you know, whoever's in net out to dry. Granted, you know, you did start this season with a young guy who doesn't have much NHL experience, um, but it was nice to get at least get him those games under his belt. Um, but yeah, man, my hands hands on oh, hovering over the panic button and I'm really hoping Lars's ass is a little warm right now. Yeah. I mean, you can't, I mean, one in three, they lost the three playoff teams, but you know, they, they didn't even look competitive in any of those games. So I, I yeah. agree with you hundred percent. They did um, face a gauntlet to start this season too. Just to touch on that real quick. I mean, Carolina is a powerhouse and really they were hanging with them there until that fucking, Old demon from last year, the offsides goal called back. Cole Sillinger ties the game and beautiful, beautiful goal, effort. Amazing goal. And then they come back. Oh, he didn't have possession when he crossed the line, calling it back. This team led the league and goals called back for offsides last year. That happens right out of the gate. And they were just limp dicks after that. Yeah. And, you know, not a lot of effort against Tampa or St. Louis either. Great comeback against Vancouver last night. 
Um, I don't know how much credit you put on that, considering that's the team that has set the record for most comebacks allowed. But it, yeah, I don't know. We're I'm I'm still waiting a little bit, but we're we're getting a little nervous over here. A, a team directly above Columbus, the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, they started hot. David Perron has four points. But Bertuzzi's out for a while. The injuries are starting to mount up a little bit for Detroit. But they've started off the season hot, kind of like we all said. They, we think this team's going to improve in last year, and they certainly have, Nate. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, dude. I, just as we thought, exactly. Like, the additions that they made this offseason, what they already had in place, how this team's drafted over the years. Stevie Y has brought this team back to what it formerly was. And um, maybe not this year, but maybe a year where they can get a little healthier. This is a team that I think is going to be back competing for cups in the near future. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And they I think some good goaltending right now too, which they have not had here recently. Billy Huso, man, he's been great. Yeah. I think, I mean, really, I think it's going to come down to what does, uh, what does the boss bench do? Uh, you know, how does he how does he handle this team? Um, can he get them to where we all think they should be? Yeah. No, that's entirely entirely what it is for Detroit. Another team in the Atlantic too. I wanted to touch on real briefly. Not not the team itself, but one individual player. Craig Anderson is playing out of his mind right now for Buffalo guys. Uh, one goal a game, tied for league lead, and he's second in the league in save percentage at nine seventy two. Where is this resurgence coming from, from Craig Anderson, Aaron? So, uh, fun fact I heard recently, Craig Anderson in the offseason doesn't even bring his equipment home with him. He says, fuck it, I'm going home, I'm hanging out, decompress with my family, uh, hit the golf course. Uh, no goalie stuff for me during the summer. He gets away from it, and then he comes back and does this to rip it off. I mean, uh, talk about a resurgence. I mean, you got Tom Brady as the ageless wonder in the NFL. You got Craig Anderson coming out of the woodwork in his 40s right now, just backstopping this young gun and Sabres team. I, I don't know what to expect from these guys in the future. I don't think this is sustainable, but so far, man, he's carrying the mail and he's locking it down. You know what's crazy, too, for uh, Craig Anderson? I'm looking at his career numbers. and He's played for a bunch of different franchises, right? Majority of it with Ottawa, but he's played all over. He once started 71 games in a year for the 09-10 Colorado Avalanche. 71 games. Jeez. Holy that's, my God. That's Andre Vasilevsky stuff. Yeah. You know, Vazzy does that shit. That's, that's bonkers, man. So, yeah, I wanted to give Craig Anderson a well-deserved shout-out for his play this year so far. Yeah, the ages wonders, 41. Good for him, dude. Talk so, about a headshot, too, man. This guy looks like a stone-cold killer in his NHL picture. Yeah, absolutely does. Um, I was going to bring this up earlier, too. We're talking about teams, right? I wanted to shout out, before we get into the teams, um, uh, from the injury front, uh, Aaron Ekblad, tough. Number one overall pick, 2014 NHL draft. He's on long-term IR with the Florida Panthers. Paul Marie said he expects him back at some point in the year. Um, but, you know, he's out right now. But, you know, that's a tough one for the Panthers, but I'm kind of using that as a prelude to we've talked about the Blue Jackets. We've talked about the Wild. We both agreed they're in panic mode. Nate, we'll start with you. If you had to pick one other franchise to be in panic mode, not the not the 0-5 San Jose Sharks that we all thought were going to suck. You know, that that's not what I mean. 
What franchise do you think is in panic mode right now? Boy, there's a, there's definitely a couple good options there. Um, and there's two obvious ones. Like, so sure, I'll take one of the obvious ones and I'll say Minnesota. Like, Minnesota's definitely a panic button franchise right now. Like, what the hell is going on? This is a team that was in the playoffs last year. We're 0-3 to start out. We have the most goals allowed in the in the entire league. Yeah, this is there's I'd be hitting the panic button up there. And I'm only you're only three games in. Yeah, Aaron, who do you got? I've got the Edmonton Oilers, bro. Uh, Jack Campbell did not come as advertised. Let me just say that. Their team save percentage right now, they are sitting at 892 save percentage, uh, which we expect Edmonton to never be good at preventing goals. They've got 10 goals for 11 goals allowed. They're one and two. They are not looking like the powerhouse that they expected to be to start this season, which, I mean, we had a couple concerns about them to start. We're like, you know what? McDavid Dryside will pull through. They got enough star power to get it done, but the goaltending is not great. The defensive awareness isn't great. They're not controlling play anywhere outside the offensive blue line. And they're going to have to clean that up real quick in a Pacific division. That's looking to be more competitive than we thought, especially with, I don't think any of us had Vegas making the playoffs. They've looked awesome out of the gate. You got Calgary looking yeah. like a powerhouse. The Kings are good. I mean, it, Edmonton is going to have to get their shit together quick if they want to, you know, keep pace here and not lose too much ground. Yeah. I Yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. Um, one of the other things I was going to say about uh, the Edmonton Oilers, too, is – I don't know how long they're going to put up with having two heart winners and this kind of whatever. If they were going to get rid of one of those two guys, either Dreisaitl or McDavid, which one do you think wants out more? I don't know, man. Uh, Connor McDavid doesn't really seem like he cares about anything else in life outside of hockey. Um, a few years ago, he had that house built that went viral online. It looks like a serial killer's house. It's just all plain white and black everywhere. Like, no personality at all. All he does is hockey. That's all he wants. He just wants to win. He he may want to go to a contender sometime if the Oilers can't figure it out. I mean, they, they made it to the Western Conference final last year. So it, it's a little early to be pressing the panic button on him. But it, if shit doesn't get better, he may want to go somewhere. Uh, Dreisaitl, I, I don't know too much about the guy. He seems like he's a little bit bigger personality. Uh, maybe he doesn't want to play second fiddle to McDavid anymore and go somewhere. But it's it's kind of a coin flip, really. I, I think Edmonton's going to do everything in their power to keep McDavid no matter what. If they had to choose, they'd probably choose him over Dreisaitl. But yeah. if we're talking about the players themselves, I think Connor McDavid is just a robot, and he wants to go anywhere he can win. Sure. No, that's fair. I mean, at the end of the day, Edmonton is, is, is hockey nuts. They haven't won anything since Wayno left, like – it's really tough for me to look at, watch this franchise do what they do. And they had a lot of nepotism in the front office, you know, bringing, bringing guys in that, you know, have been there. It's almost like they need to entirely clean house, but you know, what do I, what do I know boys? I'm just some guy living in Charlotte, North Carolina, talking about a franchise thousands of miles away from me. 
and hockey crazed Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. So um, I wanted to play a little bit of a game here, right? And we talked about panic button. Ooh, hold on. Hold on, Phil. I actually yep. got a little game for us tonight that might be uh, might be fun while we're while we're in this season, if you don't mind. No, I, why would I? All hey, right. You guys brought games. I didn't bring anything. Yeah, way to go, fucking jackass. I figured you'd carry the mail for me. And uh, in, in the spirit of it, you know, being the one of the greatest months of the year where we have multiple, you know, sports going on, but most importantly, we have football and hockey going on at the same time um, for the first month. Wanted to play a little game here. You have to put, you have to put together a starting five of NFLers. Now here's your now here's your deal. Your center is going to be a quarterback. Your left wing is a wide receiver. Your right wing is a running back. Your defenders are a linebacker and a defensive back. Your goaltender is an offensive or defensive lineman. Okay, well we're all going to put Aaron Donald in goal, right? I mean. That is damn. Yeah, he is the knife fighter. I I like Matthew Judon. I, I'm going with a little bit of a homer pick here. I I want to see some Matthew Judon in net. Those yeah, I'll go. Sleeves flashing in the wind. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna I'm gonna homer this one as well. I'm I'm writing these down too. Um, I'm gonna go with a little homerism, and I'm gonna go Cam Hayward. That's fair. That's a big bodied guy. So you're going with uh, you're going with um, what's his name? Aaron Donald. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, okay, so you got a linebacker. We'll do we'll do defense to offense because everybody goes the other way. Yeah, uh, linebacker. I'm taking. Oh boy, this is I like this game. It's a good crossover too. Suck at barely football. You can never think of this. Uh-huh. Um, a linebacker that I like to have. So you can. We're talking like stand up rush ends too, and all that. Like three fours, all those guys. I, I kind of would prefer the guys that are just pure stand-up guys. You know, the 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 guys that are line listed as linebackers, but then put their hand on the ground. I, I think that's cheating. So we're 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 gonna go with the guys that stand up behind the line. Okay, man, that's a really good question. I'm, I'm like racking my brain for linebackers right now. Aaron, do you want to take this one before I do? Well, I, I'm gonna have to go Patriots again here with Dante Hightower. God damn it, Aaron, dude! I I don't know that many players on other teams i'm more of a a college football fan Uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna take logan wilson in cincinnati that's a good fucking pick yeah that's what i that's a meathead that's a meathead guy right there i'll go micah parsons down in dallas that's a good one too i hate to say it but micah parsons is a dog so yeah now you're you're defensive back I'm going Jalen Ramsey only because he did that uh, that little um, content feature with PK Subban where he got on the ice and skated around a little bit and said hockey was easy. I want to see him put his money where his mouth is. <laughs> I like it. That's a good one. I love it. It's too bad James Laurinaitis is retired for linebacker too. He played he played hockey in high school. Yep. So that would have been a good one. But man, yeah, a DB. Whew. You know what, Nate? I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take a page out of your playbook. Not a homer pick, but I'm taking Minka. I feel like Mi- Minka Minka would be the dirtiest fucking player. So I'm 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 gonna take Minka Fitzpatrick. I like that one. I uh, I'll tell you what. You know who I'm gonna go with? I'm gonna go with Harrison Smith. That's a good one. Yeah, oh, yeah, hell yeah, definitely. All right, Smith. All right. So now we're going offense, and let's start with uh, 
Let's start with your left winger, your wide receiver. Uh, I'm going, okay. I'm, I'm going Stefan Diggs, bro. Buffalo's the number one hockey mark market for televised games that do not involve their team in the United States. They watch the most hockey based off television ratings in America. I'm going with Stefan Diggs from Buffalo. I'm going to go with the guy who replaced him in Minnesota as the number one, the state of hockey, Justin Jefferson. Nice. Going with the state there. I like it. Um, I think you guys missed out on a really obvious one. Uh, I'm going to go with DK Metcalf. <laughs> I that, like it. That guy would tear it up, man. I want to see him. <laughs> I want to see him fight Ryan Reeves. That, dude, he's a, just a behemoth, like freak athlete. Like he's huge, so he's gonna be fast as hell on the ice. Yeah. Do we think Chase Claypool played hockey growing up, Mapletron? Ooh, I could definitely see that. I, I could see that too. Nobody. I, took, I can see nobody DK. took Cooper Cup. DK is the <laughs> guy who's just smashing people in the balls with a stick all day long. Absolutely. It, the the face off's about to go down. Russ about to drop the puck. DK Metcalf is just jamming his fucking stick right up in the opposing winger's balls, no matter who it is. He's All right, he's man. crushing it. All right, who's your uh, who's your running back at your right wing? Mm, that's a that's a tough one there. I think I'm gonna have to go with Saquon Barkley. That dude's got quads the size of my fucking torso. I, I bet he can generate some speed. Quad off between him and Crosby. Let's go. Yeah, no oh, yeah. All right, Phil, who, who's your running back that you're going to take? This is a very tough decision. There are a lot of great running backs in the National Football League. I know. Uh, give me Austin Eckler, man. He gives me big Cam Atkinson vibes. Hell I like yeah. that. I like that pick. I'll go Austin Eckler, man. Plus, he, he played in Colorado. He's college ball in Colorado, so – yeah, um, I'll tell you who – I'm going to go Nick Chubb. He's a part of the quad off too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think I, I figured we had to get the trio of the quad off there. Um, also, you know, I've got the loud – I think DK Metcalf's my loudmouth guy on the other side. Now I just need the silent guy to, you know, contradict him. Yeah. All That's right. Fair. That's fair. Let's, let's finish it off. Your center, your QB. Man. I'm going off the board on this one, boys. Uh, one of one of the swaggiest, most unpredictable create offense, whether I'm throwing the ball to my own team or the other team motherfuckers out there, Drew Locke backing up in Seattle right now. Wow. That guy has ice hockey center written all over him. Oh, my God. I'm going to take Lamar because I feel like Lamar's game equates to like Connor McDavid, man. He can do it all and he's fast as fuck. Hell, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go Josh Allen, the, the, yeah. Buffalo, the I, Buffalo thing. I like Josh also, Allen a lot. But also that's my, he, he really, that's my guy. He can do it all, man. He's a playmaker. He could put, he'll put it in the net. He'll get those apples. He'll fight a guy. He'll do whatever. He's a full man. The, the way he runs reminds me of the way Nathan McKinnon skates. He'll just fucking charge in dragging three people with him into the blue paint, doesn't care who he's going through. And I like that pick a lot. All right. So let's, uh, for the listeners, let's just go ahead and recap real quick. So Aaron's starting five at center. He's got Drew Locke and uh, at his wings, Justin Jefferson and Saquon Barkley. On his D, 
Dante Hightower and Jalen Ramsey, and goal Matthew Judon. Uh, good old Philly boy, his forwards, uh, Lamar Jackson, Stephon Diggs, Austin Eckler. Defense, Micah Parsons, Minka Fitzpatrick. Goalie, Aaron Donald. Uh, yours truly, stack guy Nate. Quarterback, Josh Allen. Uh, wide, or, um, fuck, your wingers, <laughs> DK Metcalf, Nick Chubb. Your defense, Logan Wilson, Harrison Smith. And your goalie, Cam Haywood. Love it. Fuck yeah. That was fun. That was good. It, it, it made a few it, quality it, lineups. I like that. Made you think a little bit. Yeah, it did. No, I like that. Hey, guys, for all the listeners out there, let us know on Twitter at Beerly Hockey. Which one do you like the best? Which one do you like the worst? Who is an idiot? Who is smart? Let us know. And I'm sure we will get the Beerly guys to make some graphics for this, too. We can put some graphics up and we can have everybody vote on it. It'll be interactive. So yeah, let we'll us know which going. team you think would be the best. Also, this is a great time to remind you guys, Nate and I have another podcast. It's called Small Market Insecurities. Follow us. Listen to us. We talk about all of your favorite small market sports teams at small market ins on twitter at small market insecurities on instagram and at small mkt insecurities on tiktok nate that was a great game i appreciate you Brett. that was phenomenal thank you thank you and honestly i don't know how i think i don't know when it came up in this podcast it was early on but the word chub came out and uh it made me think of nick chub and i was like "Ooh, it'd be fun to do a little nfl uh fucking you know or basically a starting five of NFLers. So I'm yep. glad that I'm glad that worked out well. No, that was fun. Hey guys, I wanted to give a little stick tap to former Blue Jacket and now Philadelphia Flyer Lucas Sedlak came back over from Russia, played three games with the Avs, got put on waivers, and he's reunited with Tort. So it's some stick taps for Lucas Sedlak keeping the dream alive. Nice. Oh yeah, so, Lucas Sedlak. Absolutely. Had to had to get get that one in there. Um, guys, before we start talking about stuff that might not be the NHL, is there anything that we didn't bring up that you guys want to go over? We don't, we're not going to talk about every single team every time, but if there's anything we, you know, if there's anything we've missed or do you think there's something that we should touch on, you know? Uh, no, I, I, I think it's too early to, uh, think that we even missed anything. Uh, I think we're good in my, uh, opinion. I, I've got two quick things here. Jack Eichel, he's having a hell of a start to the year. Sure he's is. looking fully back and healthy. He's he's helping Vegas do some things. Uh, starting off the year here, he has got goal and two assists in four games and really, really looking back to his old former self. Uh, the other one here, we were talking about coaches on the hot seat. Bruce Boudreaux, man, yeah. you got to win a fucking game, dude. You, you can't blow two goal leads five times in a row. Brutal. It's brutal. And Demko, it's not goaltending. Thatcher Demko is a good goalie. This team just like they get a lead and they go into a shell and they they let teams back into it. So uh, shout out Vancouver. A lot of good talent there. They they can obviously score. They're getting leads in every game. They just got to be able to hang on to them here through the end. I like that team too, man. Pedersen, Horvat, Hoglander. Like they got they have talent. Quinn Hughes is great in the blue line. Like yeah. they have a lot of talent there. So. Probably- if nothing else, if for no other reason, don't make us look stupid. We all picked you guys for the playoffs. Don't don't throw it in our face. Win some games. Yeah, god damn it. Don't make us be look better bad. than Seattle. All right, boys. So I wanted to well, you know what? Before we get there, uh some retro jerseys were released, and I know that we're gonna have some takey takes. And Nate, I know you have strong opinions 
about some of these. Would you like to elaborate? Um, yeah. So first of all, I saw the Blue Jackets one and literally and all I could do was verbally just say you. Ew. Like, what the hell? These guys just piss poor effort all around from Adidas. Not great. What are we doing here? Let's. Where'd they get the fucking royal blue, man? That's not our color. That's, That's what not... I'm saying. This team has never worn that color. They they took a jersey that was kind of cool when it came out, and they just they pissed all over it with a limp dick chicken shit royal blue. Right. Guys, out of our blue, we rise. All right. Oh. So, you know. but that's not our fucking blue, blue boys. That's a, that's somebody else's blue. That's the Rangers' blue. We're, hey, I'll tell you, blue. They, if it they was green, we would die. They definitely got like lazy, like the Nashville one. I mean, it looks the exact same. They just slapped a different logo on the front of it and said, "Here, it's different. It's a reverse bunch retro." Of, bunch of slap dicks. I, I gotta say, I like the Oilers' comet though. That that thing, yeah, that, it's, like, it's, it's cool. like a gear flying down from space. I I like some weird shit like that. Yeah, it's cool, but it, it just looks like they're. It almost besides the logo and the white stripes, it looks very similar to their regular home jersey. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm a whore for some different jerseys, but these these ones really left a lot to be desired. That's entirely fair. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not a big, like, overly big jersey guy. Like, I like the Blue Jackets logo. There are, like, there are jerseys in the NHL I like and don't like. I'm not a big fan of Pittsburgh's. I just, I don't know. It, well, what? It's a penguin. Like, I don't care. There are others that I think are iconic, like the Edmonton Oilers. You know, I love, I love the Los Angeles Kings. You know, I think Vegas did a pretty good job, given how modern they are. I think the Kraken did a great job getting a unique color scheme. I think when it comes to branding, that is important. And, you know, they don't look – they look original. They don't look, you know, whatever, manufactured to try to just whatever. Like, they, they look like they're original. It looks very Seattle. I'll tell so, you, since, we're, since I'm watching it, you know what? It, Phillies is a classic, too. Yeah, Phillies I is love a them. classic. The Rangers, I like the Rangers. I'm, I'm not a big – it depends on the sport. I think some classic jerseys are good. Some are bad. Like, I think Penn State and Alabama are boring as fuck. Yes, but, I agree. But in, when it comes to the NHL, most of them, most of those I like. Like, I like Montreal's. I think it looks clean. I think Toronto's look very clean. So, Chicago's, just, Chicago's reverse retros, are, they, they took a jersey that they have so much to offer with. They have one of the most iconic old school logos in the NHL, and they just wrote Chicago across the front of the reverse retros. They don't even have an emblem. Like, how lazy can you get? I mean, who knows, man? I don't know. I think hockey does some cool stuff. The Kachina down in Arizona. I think the Jets have awesome jerseys. The Jets have great sweaters. I love that color. I like the big, you know, the big fighter jet on there. But yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously Detroit is an iconic original six logo. So yeah, I mean, I've, yeah. I've, I've said it. I've said this for many years. I, I know that I'm probably in a minority here, but I, I think the Blue Jackets need a little bit of a fucking facelift. I think we need a new logo. Some new fucking jerseys. We need we need something. Blue pants ain't cutting it for me. I'm sorry. They they're trying I, to use blue pants on the road and it just ain't cutting it. I I want to see the Canon logo done up in the regular color scheme. Like I like the third jerseys right now, but I think Bring they can do so much more. Boomer. Yeah, Bring so much more of that boomer. Canon logo. You you can get your dick shaped mascot on there. You can do the regular Canon and red and uh, navy blue. 
you got to do something there. Dude, I, I'd like you, to see something else. I'll tell you, there's fight. even that fan group, the the fucking Union Blue Soldiers, dude. Like, I think that I think adding a Union Soldier in on that wouldn't be a bad idea because I think if you ask many hockey fans, what does you know what exactly does the Blue Jackets mean? They would have no idea. No, they yeah. wouldn't. Yeah, that's they true. They wouldn't know. All right, boys. So. Before we wrap up this episode, we're gonna, like, you know, I alluded to this during uh, one of the previews. Who knows? We re- we recorded those in very very rapid succession. Um, bring up a fun non NHL hockey related story tidbit. Tonight's a trivia question. There's two of them. Now the first one you might you know you might get off the bat, but the second one you also might get off the bat. But it's a little more fun. There's a wrinkle to it. So the first one. There's only like 65 teams in Division One, right? And when you go west of the Mississippi, you have U Denver, Arizona State, and the Alaska schools. And I think that's about it. Minnesota, maybe on that side, geographically challenged with the Mississippi, I guess. But that being said, maybe Omaha. I think Omaha is a team. Denver, uh, North University Dakota, whatever. Denver. I'm fucking stupid. There's a lot more than I originally anticipated. But that's not the point. Which team is the only one below the Mason Dixon line? And Arizona State does not count. That's out west. Oh, you're talking like in the middle of the country. I'm talking like the South. Like, what is the only team Mm. under the Mason-Dixon line within the parameters of, I guess, Civil War? Huh. Yeah. That's a good question. I do not know. Nate? Nate, are you Googling? Are you Googling, Nate? I swear I'm not Googling. Not Googling. I hear typing. No, that was me. That it was me because I was going to give you guys a hint. Ah! If you guys didn't get it, I was going to give you a hint. Um, I don't got it. You don't. You don't know. No. Give us a hint. Yeah, hold on. I'm pulling it up. So <laughs> Phil doesn't know either. No, I, I I'm I'm triple checking to make sure I'm right. Um. Okay. <laughs> Phil's like, I got a question for you boys. I don't even know the answer to it. <laughs> no, I do know the answer to it. I got it pulled up right here. Uh, Cam Cam Talbot went there. Oh. I was ninety nine. I was ninety nine percent sure it was Cam Talbot, but at the same time, I was sitting there like, I'm gonna fucking Google this just to make sure. So yeah, don't, don't Google, don't cheat, don't be that guy. But yeah, I didn't. Cam no. Talbot went there. Hmm. Interesting. So, um. Fuck. Um. Hold on. I think I had it there for a second. I can give you one more hint. Dude, give me all the hints. I'm, I'm not going to get this. Nate, let me know when you're ready for the hint. Yeah, go ahead. It's in Alabama. Is it Auburn? Nope. Alabama A&T. <laughs> no, it's Alabama Huntsville. Ah. Uh, Alabama sounds- Huntsville is the only school considered in the South in all of D1 hockey. I thought that was interesting because a lot of them have club that teams. That is interesting. A lot of them have club teams, but they're the only one. Now, don't Google, boys. What is the only team from the great state of Ohio to ever win the Division I Hockey National Championship? Bowling Green State University. Bingo. What year was it, Nate? Uh, I believe that was 1976. 1984. Ah, okay. They are the only team from Ohio to ever win the Division I men's NCAA tournament. Now... Another thing that I looked up the other day, too, was – so they won at 1984 with – and where did that list go? 
Their head coach was Jerry York. Let's fast forward. Jerry York also won a national title in 2001, 2008, and 2012 at what hockey powerhouse? It's a long time in between those titles. He got his start at Bowling Green, won a natty, ended up at a powerhouse. Can you name that powerhouse? Mm, it's BU. not Denver, is it? Denver, no. BU, close. Boston College. Bingo. Mm. There you go. So that is a little, you know, non-NHL fun trivia facts for, for the listeners out there. And as the, uh, you know, AHL, the ECHL, and, and, and you know, major juniors uh, take off, I'm sure we'll have some crazy stories. You know, some kid puts up eight points in a game or something. We're going to bring that to you. So we'll talk about that at the end of every episode, just for a little, you know, extra fun hockey talk there. Um, Dude, I can't wait for the fucking teddy bear toss in the OHL. Every, yes. every year around Christmas, first goal the home team scores – they just pour teddy bears on this ice. It, it's like nothing you've ever seen before. You got mountains of teddy bears going down here for charity. So those, that's always a good scene. That's awesome. Stick taps, stick taps for the, for the tradition to help others always. So that should just about wrap up this episode of Beerly Hockey. Nate, do you have any final thoughts before we sign off? Hell no. See you later. Aaron, you got anything for us? Uh, I need the Flyers to come back and win me some money in this game. And they're on the power play now, so we're looking pretty good. Excellent. Yeah, boys, remember, if your team if your team hasn't started the year, you know, the way you wanted them to, the good news is we're only about 5% of the way through the season. It's a long one. So, you know, give it some time. Plenty of racetrack left. At least, at least until Thanksgiving, and then you can start panicking. But that'll wrap up this episode of Beerly Hockey for Nate McBride. And Aaron Kinney, I'm Phil Razor. Beerly Hockey. Pairs well with Bruise. Hell of a broadcast, boys. <laughs>